at the same time, some are facing persecution, others are not. And, and the danger is we who are not forget those who are. And they are our brothers and sisters. And today is a day to remind us of that and to spend some time in prayer. We're going to, we're going to look at a video. This is a video of a guy named Sang, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I, in fact, I know I'm not. Sang Chui, he's a, a North Korean uh, refugee. I, I don't think he's in North Korea now. I think he's in America, but I could be wrong. But uh, he, uh, he tells his story. It's about a seven minute video. We're going to watch that. Uh, then we're going to look at Hebrews 13.3 with our scripture reading to, to remember those in prison as if in prison with them. And then we're actually going to spend some time in prayer as a body. So uh, first of all, uh, go ahead and run the video, guys. In the primary school, we were taught that all missionaries were terrorists. They told us that a missionary will be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, then they will kill you and eat your liver. There was no food and no work in my village. Like some others, I snuck across the mountain border into China. I picked mushrooms in the hopes of selling them in Chiang Mai. I don't speak Chinese at all. But in the mountains, I met a man. He said, I can sell those for you. And he didn't cheat me. He gave me all the money from the sale. At that time, I didn't know he was Pastor Han. Over the next two years, I went back several times. Each time, Pastor Han helped me. One day, I asked why he would do this, for he himself was in great danger for assisting a North Korean. It is because I am a Christian, he said. That made me afraid. Was he going to eat my liver? One day, Pastor Han said to me, God is real. There is hope for every person. I could not believe he would say that word. God, nobody says that word. We know it is an act of treason. To speak the name of God can lead to soldiers coming in the night. be no 
trial. No journalists will write about you, and no one will ever dare ask where you have gone. One day I asked Pastor Han for a Bible. He knew that if I was caught with a Bible, my life would be in danger. But over time, I persuaded him. I showed the Bible to my wife. At first, she refused to even look at it. Why would you bring that here, she cried. She knew that if anyone reported that you had even glanced at a Bible, you would be arrested, and not just you. You and all your relatives sent to the concentration camps for years and years and years. Over time, my wife too learned that God is real. She found hope. And then I shared the word of God with my best friend. It was very dangerous for me to share. It was very dangerous for him to listen. One day in the summer of 2016, we heard that some North Korean assassins were being honored by the government, rewarded for their good work for killing a terrorist missionary in Chiang Mai. We knew it was Pastor Han. Who else could it be? We were frightened. Did they know he was my friend? Did they know I had met with him many times? Pastor Han gave his life, but he gave hope to me and to many other North Koreans. And despite the ever-present danger, Many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. We hope that our sacrifice, when the day comes, will be worthwhile, just like it was for Pastor Han. Brothers and sisters, sorry. <laughs>
It's always a dangerous thing to get emotional in front of people. Uh, it's dangerous to speak in front of people because those emotions are easy to show. Our brothers and sisters, and, and we forget because we don't see it, and it's far from us. And it's easy to understand, but you know, because we know what affects our lives. We see what affects our lives. We don't see what isn't out there. Hebrews 13.3. This passage, the more we look at it, the more interesting it becomes. It's one verse. <clears throat> Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. It is our nature to forget the suffering of others. We don't try to forget. We don't set a goal of not remembering. We just don't remember. It's not, we, we experience the world through five senses, right? Sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. And these people, we don't see them, we don't hear them, we don't touch them, we don't taste them, and we don't smell them. They're outside of our scope of experience. We don't see them. If I'm not sensing it, I have a hard time relating to it. You know what? There are enough problems in my personal sphere <laughs> for me to not worry about those outside my personal sphere. Is that not true? Do we not have a responsibility first to those who are right close around us? This, by the way, is the argument for the local church. Why we spend money on a building project for the local church? Because we, God put us here. We need to reach here first, right? This is where we're first supposed to be. But it doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility elsewhere also. It is easier with people we love to relate to things. It is hard when your child is the one suffering. It is easy to emphasize, I should say it's easier, it's hard on you when your child is suffering. It's easier to emphasize, empathize when it's your family that's suffering. Uh, but here's the thing is that church is family. And when we say church is family, we can think about our relationships with each other here and the closeness we have and how much some of us mean to each other and the joy we have getting together with each other. We can say, yes, church is family, but it's not this church that is family. It's church that is family, right? And those people, Song Chui is family. Pastor Han is family. And, but it's an interesting thing that the Hebrews church had to be reminded of this of all people that the Hebrew church had to be reminded of this, because this is not the first mention in this letter of prison. See, it's, it's sit there, sat there in a context that the book is getting ready to end, and he's just giving kind of a, of a rapid-fire lessons, right? 13.1, let brotherly love continue. 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. 13.3, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are in, in the body. 13.4, let marriage be held in honor among all. Uh, let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. 13.5, keep your love, life free from the love of money. And you have just point, 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 different topic, different topic, different topic, different topic. And he's going through them quickly. And this seems to be something he's just kind of adding as an afterthought. But this isn't the, the, the only mention of prison in the book of, of Hebrews. Go back three chapters, right? Turn left in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10. Two pages I have to turn to get there. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 to 34. 
And the writer of Hebrews, whoever it is, is reminding them of their own experience, right? He's reminding them of their own experience. He says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession uh, and an abiding one. He says you, pers- he, he's, he's not referring, he doesn't refer to this in Hebrews 13, he doesn't refer to what Hebrews 13 here, but he's saying you personally went to prison. You personally were in partnership with those who went to prison. You personally suffered abuse. You personally lost goods and possessions because of your faith. They personally went through all this, and then three chapters later, he's reminding them to remember those in prison. You think, if anyone would not have to be reminded to remember those in prison, it's someone who was in prison. If you have gone to prison for your faith, do you think you will ever forget that? Do you think you would ever forget those others who are? And yet, he's reminding them of them. Do not forget them. Remember them. It's fascinating, or or maybe it's, well, it's the opposite word. You know, it's it's discouraging to think that they had to be reminded. Sometimes they themselves suffered the loss. Sometimes they were close friends of those. They went to prison to visit those who were afflicted that way. Think of the courage that would take. Greg gets arrested for for sharing his faith, and Paul goes and visits him in jail. I don't go visit him in jail, because I say, if I visit him in jail, they're going to throw me in there too. Let Paul go. (laughs) The courage it would take to go visit someone in prison for their faith when you also are known for your faith is is tremendous. Even if you're not known for your faith, you are immediately suspect. And and they've got you on the radar. You heard that. He says, to speak the name of God is treason. To look at a Bible is treason. You go, wow, could it possibly be that way? You know, North Korea is one of the two most uh, oppressive regimes in the world. Very often it is rated first because it is the place with the most violence done to Christians. But very often it is rated second to, to Saudi Arabia, where you do not share your faith, where you do not have a Bible, where, where, where you do not let someone know you're a believer. Uh, because the oppression against Christians is so serious and so bad. And, and, and we have these nations where it is considered treason to even mention, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia, you can, at least you can say God, but you better be Allah. But, but you, you can't talk about Jesus, at least not in the Christian sense. Uh, they needed to be reminded to pray for the persecuted church. And it, it seems so strange that those people who had been there needed to be reminded. And it's, if we compare chapter 10, verse 34, uh, for you had compassion on those in prison, uh, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one, with verse 35, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And he's saying, remember what you had because you're going to lose your confidence and the great reward. And you know what he's saying by that? He's saying, you were better then than you are now. You were better, he's speaking to the, to the Hebrews because this is hard, it doesn't apply to most of us. I don't know of anyone here who's gone to jail for their faith, right? It, but, but in their context, they had, and he says, remember then 
how great your faith was and compare it to now when you're losing your confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence in Christ. They had no doubt about Christ in the middle of their suffering for Christ, and, and their, their faith was strong then, and they had a joy in their suffering, but now that they're not suffering, they're losing it. Wow. Comfort was not their friend. Comfort was not their friend. Comfort was hurting their faith. And they were not remembering their own past, as we have in chapter 10, and they were not remembering others who were suffering for their faith as we have in chapter 13. We go back to chapter 13. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Isn't that backwards of how it should have been said? Shouldn't have said since they also are in the body? That's the way I think, because clearly I'm central. <laughs> and other people are peripheral to me, right? Not at all the way he says it. He says, since you also are in the body. You, we, are part of the body that we just saw. We are part of that. We are not central. They are not on the peripheral of us as if we are the most important part. We are peripheral. They are, they are where the body is happening. They are where the body is being the body the way it's supposed to be. It says they're the body and we're a part of it. And, and, and you know, we are in a body, we are in a, not a body, we are in a society that does everything it can to not feel pain. That's why there is this, this uh, opiate crisis in America. Because people will do anything they can to avoid pain so that they have an overabundance of pain drugs that other people, that they either become addicted to or other people steal for, for whatever, because we don't want to feel the pain. And whether I fix the problem or not is, is secondary, so long as I don't feel pain, which is primary. And, and, and I, I think that that is a, an illustration of the church because we don't feel their pain. And because we don't feel their pain, we forget them, and we, don't we forget that the problem hasn't been fixed. Simply not feeling the pain has not fixed the problem at all. And around the world, Christians are suffering. You know, a few years ago, we, did the, we were going through every Sunday morning, we were going through the Operation World, and we'd read about another country, and we'd read about all these persecution stories. And after a few years, you, you move on from that, because it, it starts to, you know, anything you do too much starts to get, get old, and you need to try some new things. And, the material was the same, but, but I, it, was, it was a really good thing to do in that it exposed us regularly to other parts of the world and what's going on. We need to not forget them. We need to not forget the places of the world. Uh, and, and, and we hear about North Korea, and we hear about Saudi Arabia, and we hear about all these different places, and what we find out is that it's everywhere. And when I say everywhere, it's not here. We see, we see it looming and we get afraid. Oh no, it's going to happen here. Which is, yeah, do what we can to prevent it. You know how you prevent it is not by protecting your rights, it's by sharing Christ. Because if that guy who, who, who would otherwise persecute you becomes a Christian, he's not going to persecute you for your faith. Uh, and God says, remember them. When, when a part of the body is in pain, you, you, 
don't ignore it. You don't forget it. You are very aware of it. Remember, we are a part of that body that is in pain. Uh, today, International Day of Prayer, and so um, this, is, this is an unusual church service. Don't normally start with a seven-minute video. <laughs> Uh, don't normally have a one verse, second point, and then stop. Uh, but here's, here's what I want to do. is, is uh, I want to invite those who feel so led to stand and spend a couple minutes in, in prayer on behalf of the others. And, and take turns. <laughs> you know, be considerate. It, it, nobody should feel pressure to pray. Uh, I'm not going to start. I will, I will close when it seems... Uh, right to do, but I just invite anybody who feels so led, the, everybody just, the rest of us can sit, you can bow your head, you can pray quietly, but if somebody would volunteer and just stand up and start praying, uh, I would appreciate that.